0: We're glad to be sharing the ministry of Tabernacle of Praise with you. Now, join us as we receive the Word of God.
1: I want to, I'm going to kind of shift gears tonight, kind of back shift, down shift, shift back into low. And uh, since we're talking cars there, I'll just use that analogy, and will and it's uh, probably something that would be good to teach Sunday school. We're uh, going to talk about how to study the Bible. How to study the Bible. There's a lot of misconceptions about studying, about studying the Bible. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of things we get just from our childhood. Uh, some things we get because we're busy in life. And some, and so what happens is we don't learn. You know, <clears throat> you ever been like a, well, some of you haven't, get about 50 or 55 and realize, you know what, I should have learned that 20 years ago and I'm just now learning it. But your life's so busy, and your your mind's so you know moving, and all that you just miss it. Uh, So while this is updating and it's going slow, turn with me to Second Timothy. I can probably do this without Second Timothy. Let's look at chapter two, verse fifteen. As this is a verse we've probably heard all our life you probably can quote it study to show thyself approved unto God a workman that needeth not to be ashamed rightly dividing the word of truth study to show thyself approved you know i think one of the biggest uh issues in the church world today is that very first word study because i think we've lo- there's an art to studying you know you you guys, a lot of you guys were in college, you know, at least made it out of high school like me. You had to study. When we studied for exams, you know, it wasn't that you just read a, this chapter in the book and you, you had to, you know, there was some extra work involved in studying. And I think a lot of people in our Christian society today read and there's, you know, reading is great, but reading and studying are not the same thing. And a lot of people take reading and studying as being the same thing and you know uh something we've heard all our lives and we know that food is food for our soul it's 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 the word we, we, most of us believe in fasting that's when we fast from natural food but the problem that we're seeing more and more in the church is people are fasting from the food of god they're fasting we don't ever fast from god's word but it seems like we've got it flipped so to speak and so I, you know i just wanted to talk tonight about about studying, what it really means, what it, and, and how to do it. You know, there's an art to study. I, I don't know, you know, everybody does say it different in school, but when, when I was in school, I developed this little system that I could study and st- study a certain way, and I could get it, but it was my system. You know, not everybody, and I, I didn't get it from anybody, and not everybody could do mine, and I couldn't do theirs. So, there's something to be said about each one of us has this deal about we have ways of doing things that not other people do and studying the word of god is that way we don't all study the word of god the same way we we don't all do it but there can, you can develop a system by this some very si- simple things if and if I can get here well how how often Ask yourself this question: I, How often do I study? How often do I read, and how often do I study? Again, two different things. So, it's a question that we we, we really should be asking ourselves. Uh, one thing I noticed as I got older is I, I I study more and read less. I study. I get. I don't want to use the word bogged down, but but I get into places where I. You know, you ever got to that place and you just couldn't get away from it? script you when you were studying and you know i think as you get older what you realize is there's a depth in study that you never get in reading Uh, you know it's it's natural uh but but when we when we learn to study and that's what i want to talk about so let me study your bible what i need is a new computer you know, it's, it's obvious we should have a normal process to study, isn't it? We're studying your Word, there should be a process in our life. We have processes for everything. We, we have processes that we don't realize. We've developed these processes, and they become natural to us, and we do them without even thinking about it. And studying your Bible should be the same way. And, again, we all do it a little different, but the, the main purpose of studying the Bible is not just to understand it, but it's the connection with God that we get. So, you know, I've noticed that there are many people that just don't have a set standard for study when, when you you know, people will say, "What about this? What about that?" And you realize, "Listen, the reason you're asking me this question is you just don't have a set standard for study." And so, let, we'll talk about that a little bit. So, uh, let, so let's, let's let's talk about this study. The word "study" there in the Greek means to use speed. It means to make an effort. It means to be prompt or earnest. So, right off the bat, what is Paul is telling Timothy? Listen, you know, you 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 need to uh, you need to have this. Promptness and, and earnest about study and study to show thyself approved. The word approved in the Greek uh, means to be acceptable, uh, uh, tried. Uh, study to show thyself approved unto whom? Unto God. We don't study to show ourselves approved to the pastor, or Sunday school teacher, a mom or dad, brother, sister, aunt and uncle. We study to show ourselves approved or acceptable to God. You know, you know, the Bible tells us there's some certain things we do that are that are our reasonable service. That same word is, 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 is acceptable. Uh, a workman means a toiler, a teacher, or a laborer. So Paul is saying to us in the scripture that we're to study because we're, we're the laborers, we're the workers, and then so that we're not ashamed. That word "ashamed" means you know free from blame, free uh, free from reproach, rightly dividing the word of truth. That word "rightly" is orthos, and it means a straight. Here and here's where it gets. Here's where it gets not that the other part is not important, but here's where it gets very important, because he says rightly dividing. So the word rightly means in a straight manner, correctly, plain and right. So we don't study the Bible in any way but to get to to, 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 to receive it in its in its right way in its its straight manner. Dividing the word dividing comes from orthosis orthotome. It means to to be straight, a straight cut. Rightly, dividing. That word dividing here in the Greek means a straight cut to dissect correctly. We understand that the Bible is not always dissected correctly. How many of us dissect the the word? Di- dissect. You know what that is, right? We know what dissect means in the medical world. You know, they're, they're Cuts in the lines, and there's places you cut here, and you don't cut there. So we're rightly, in other words, there's a right way to dissect the Word of God. So what does that tell us? There's a wrong way to dissect the Word of God. And when you take words, for instance, you know, I'm not going to get into it, but there uh, there are words that you can take in Scripture, and because they mean something in our English, then we get the whole mindset about something. And when you look up the word in its right way, you find out it didn't mean that at all. The Bible is full of right words, and we use customary English to try to, to study the Word of God, and it gets us in trouble because there, the, certain words meet certain things that are sometimes even the opposite. So, there are many doctrines in Christianity today, right? I mean, the Christian world has a lot of doctrines, and the reason that's here is because there's a lack of obedience to Second 2 Timothy 2.15. That's the reason there's so many doctrines, is because they're not rightly dividing. You know, most people study the Word to prove what they believe. Most people study the Word to prove what they believe, and that's, that's a serious offense. Study, here's, studying God's Word requires diligence. If, if you're, and this is, this is kind of elementary at first, but we'll, we'll get a little deeper into it. Studying God's Word requires diligence diligence. You're, you're, it's consistency. It, it requires patience because God reveals to us things as we can understand them, as we can receive them. And so, you, sometimes you have to have a patience in studying God's Word because you're not ready to be revealed this. You won't understand it yet. So, some patience. It requires prayer, research, reading, and more. So, we don't study, to, again, to prove what we believe. What we really study for is that the truth becomes what we believe. That's why we study. So, the truth becomes what we believe. So, there, there are times when long-held beliefs and doctrines get in the way of actually knowing the truth. Long-held, you know, think about our heritage and where we come from. And we had some long-held beliefs about things that actually blocked us from really knowing what the truth is. And so, uh, it's human nature for us to uh, follow our parents, isn't it? It's human nature. It's human nature for us to follow our pastor, Right? It's, it's human nature. You you believe, and you and so uh, uh, you know pastors can tell you the wrong thing. Yeah, I know that's not popular, but pastors can tell you the wrong thing. We we don't know it all, and and there's revelation that comes to us, and so what we have to be, be careful of is that we just believe everything that's put out there without researching it. If you don't study what's preached to you, that's a dangerous thing. That's how cults get started, and so. Uh, many untrue doctrines come from really honest-hearted people who are just not engaged in true study. Let me say that again because this, this is many untrue doctrines come from honest-hearted people who are not engaged in true study. There's a word for stu- in study and it's, really, and it's really biblical, but you can use it in any kind of study. But it's hermeneutics. Sorry, the who, what, where, and where, why, what—you know—those hermeneutics. That's very important when you're studying scripture to understand who is he talking to, what's he talking about, why is he talking about this, and what's he talking about. All those things are very important when you're studying. Very important. Uh, understanding the principle of a given subject is the is kind of the the idea of what study is about. When you're studying anything, you're you're understanding the principle of the subject. And so, again, I understand this is elementary, but I need to elementary here so we can get going. Studying God's Word is actually done in several ways. It kind of depends on the direction of the one that's studying. So, let's talk about the different ways to study God's Word. Uh, the One is to do the Word study. You ever done a Word study? No, just throw one out. Repentance. You ever done a Word study on repentance? Just... Maybe don't shake your head, but ask yourself that question. If you you haven't done a word study about what repentance really means, then you're trusting that what's being told you is the truth, okay? Now, I'm not telling you to mistrust me as a pastor because I'm not here to tell tell you a mistruth. What I'm telling you is that as pastors, we're geared into study, and because of that, we want you to be geared into study, and we're not going to answer for you, and you're not going to answer for us. And so, the only way you can answer for yourself is for you to study, to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word. That's why you need to study. It's not because, you know, uh, not about not believing us, but uh, my goodness, if you don't, I, I went to church for a long time believing certain things because the pastor said it, that was gold. And I loved my pastor, but not everything was gold. You find out later. So, word study. What is a word? Word study involves the discovery of what a single word in Scripture means. This is probably the single most important way to study God's Word: is a word study. Because a word study will take you verse by verse, and a word study will take you verse in verse in Scripture, and a word study will show you that in this place this word meant this, but when I get over here, this word is. But understand something: there's a thing in Scripture. You've heard Bishop talk about it. It's the law of first things. And so in the beginning of Scripture, when you study something, and that's what it means, when you get down in here in Scripture, it still means that. God, God doesn't change his word. And change. It, what, and, and here's the problem with that. Use the word love because that's easy to do. We get over here and say, love not the world nor the things of the world. If the love of the world is in you, the love of God is not. For God so loved the world. Now, wait a minute we got a problem here. God's telling me not to love the world, but he said he can. That sounds a little, but you understand that the the, the, word, the love words are different. That's why studying that word is very important. I'm just using that one because it's a simple one. But uh, false doctrines and mis, misrepresented doctrines happen in the church because we don't do word studies when we're, uh, uh, when you're going to give a Bible study, if you don't do word studies in that Bible study, you're going to wind up telling somebody something wrong. It's going to happen. Because none of us are that astute in every word in Scripture, that's why we have to study it. So word studies are very powerful because they lead you down the correct road. They lead you down the. uh, They just involve this in the Old Testament. If it's the understanding, uh, listen. You have a Strong's exhaustive concordance. Strong's exhaustive concordance, very very good, still popular, very good. The beauty of that is, is, is that, and that it concordance, if you don't have one, it'd be good to get one, is that it gives you the Hebrew and the, the origin, the Hebrew, the Chaldean, and the New Testament, it's the Greek. But both of those help you grasp the meaning of the single word, because when you grasp the meaning of the word, next you can grasp the meaning of the verse. And then the verse, you can grasp the meaning of the chapter. And the chapter, you can grasp the meaning of the book. But it starts like everything else, it's foundationalism. So the word study is the easiest way. It's the best way. It's the smart, smartest way. Uh, again, it helps you grasp the single word understanding. Uh, the single word usually shapes and outlines what the verse is. The verse then shapes and outlines what the chapter is, and the chapter so on. Okay. So a good study guide for single words is, again, that strong exhaustive concordance. In a strong, it lists every word in the Bible that's mentioned in the Bible, what book it's in, the chapter it's in, the verse it's in, and then it directs you to the back of the book the back of the, to ch- tell you if it's Old Testament, the, the Chaldean or the, uh, the, the Hebrew, and the New Testament, the Greek. It's a very good study item. There are different things you can study with out there. But that, so the next one is a, is a subject study. If, if you do, if, if you do uh, word studies, you'll get into verse studies, but subject study. Correct, right. Otherwise, otherwise, you never know, you know, the law of first things. If you don't know where it's used first, then you never. Because we're looking at something at our house right now about a particular subject, and lo and behold, what you find out is that when we thought, you know, before I found out in like the book of Numbers, it said there were this. And okay, well, I get that. You know, I get all that. But when you go back to the first. Where it's first used in the Bible, that's not this. This is that, because it's first. And so what's this word? This word meant something totally different. It's the same word, and it's the same Hebrew word, but it doesn't mean what my English word meant. And so now it changes. But then you gotta know the Bible does not like from the very beginning straight through the end.
0: The books are
1: right, right. There's 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 a, that's what, that's part of the study, learning how to study the Bible, you know, because who, just off of a common sense thing, what would you think would be the oldest book in the Bible? Don't tell, I know what, you already know the answer, but what would you think? Genesis, why? It's the first one, but it's not. It's Job. So, you got to know the, how things are, and that's what studying is about, understanding these things and it, it's just like if you're if you're trying to study a book in the Bible, first thing you really ought to do is study who wrote it. Study about their life. Study about the relationship with God. Study about what time they lived in. What was Israel going through? Why is he writing this book? You hermeneutic the person. When you do that and then go back to the book and start studying it, you have a different value of what's going on. You have a different understanding and you have a you, 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 you know, you find out why certain things are actually said. You ever read something you go, why, why, why would he say that? Well, it's inclusive of him and what he's experiencing and Israel and what they're experiencing and inclusive of what God's trying to direct. But if you just read over it most of the time, you know why God, have you ever read the begats, anybody? You read the begats? If you read the whole Bible, you had to read them. Begats, why in the world? There is an answer to this. Why in the world are the begats in there? Bishop can answer it, but why in the world? Because you told me. That's
0: what? It's because God made promises. Yep. And those promises have to be kept. It's why Saul was cut off because Joshua Joshua made a promise to Gibeah, and Saul violated it by destroying Gibeah. So you have to know the.
1: The begats are. Yeah. yeah, they, They are God's way of showing you I made a promise and I kept it. That's what they begat so far. So everything has purpose. All, all those things have purpose in Scripture. So uh, uh, the study of a particular subject matter, s- say repentance, uh, in, in, or the Old Testament law, it, whatever it might be, it, it involves a deeper and longer and more exhaustive approach because there's a lot more to it. No, yeah, the Strong's doesn't give you. That's a good question. The strong give you no answers. The strong tells you what definitions are, the correct word and what the definition is. And so from that, that's, that's one of the reasons that the Bible teaches us that we need the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost leads us and guides us into all truth. And so when we do these studies and we put this together, okay, now, God, tell me what that means. See, most people are afraid to do that. They want to come on Sunday and have the pastor tell what God, you know, that, but God wants to tell you directly. He won't speak to you directly. That's why you have the Holy Ghost. And so uh, that's why w- that's one of the reasons that I do Sunday school like I do and I do Wednesday like I do. It's that we, the early church did this. We discuss it, talk about it, because we, have, we come from different avenues. And so when we're studying, if we study correctly and use these things correctly, the avenues bring us to truth. We're all coming from a different avenue, but the whole point is for the avenue to get us to truth. So that's then when we, we can believe truth. And so, that's why, I like, uh, we talked about it somewhat Sunday. You know, there there are people that their entire salvation doctrine is based on a book written to the church, <clears throat> and the author is not writing to the church telling them how to be saved. That's That's not really smart. That's not, you know, he's writing to the church to tell them how to maintain their walk with God, and the reason, like, in Romans. He talks about baptism. He talks about spirit. He talks all this stuff. The reasoning behind that, why why we should be driven by baptism. It's more than getting dunked in water. Here's what baptism does in your life. There's a reason we get baptized in the Holy Ghost. It's more than just speaking in tongues. This is what this does. And that's what those, lit, but their entire denominations that base their whole deal off of, and so it's incorrect study. It's just simply incorrect study. And what is incorrect study? It's you're studying it to prove what you believe. That's incorrect study. What you do referencing
0: other women? Commentaries. Written commentaries. I found out that it's also interesting and necessary
2: to to find out what their belief system is. Correct. There it is. Studying about what you were asking John about Sunday, about baptism. So I'm like, okay, let's see what the Roman Catholic Church says about baptism. Then I looked up this one guy's information. He was like, well, some people think that baptism is necessary for salvation. And then he goes in and says, what it is, it is to a public demonstration that you are part of a group of believers. It really has nothing to do with your salvation. I thought, you're an idiot because you don't know how to read the Word of God.
1: There's a lack of study there. That's
2: just me. Now, as Sharon and I have been reading through the Bible and in our chronological study Bible, which is very interesting. If y'all don't have one, get one. Brother Fuller has a better one than mine. But I ran across something that I've never noticed before. I have noticed that Isaac and Jacob, or Isaac and Ishmael, they were brothers, half-brothers. But then I noticed that from Isaac came Jacob and the twelve tribes of Israel. There were also twelve princes of Ishmael that I never had really noticed. I haven't had time to study out all of them yet. Then, did y'all know that Isaac (laughs) did the same thing his daddy did he lied and told abimelech Mm -hmm. oh she's my sister about his wife
1: yeah fruit didn't fall far from the tree
2: but when you study you find out these things yeah
1: here's the thing about commentary there is there anything wrong with commentaries no commentaries are good but here what is a commentary it's, a, it's an opinion. It's a man's comment on particular what they've studied and what they feel like. So if that person has studied the Word to find truth, you're going to find truth in his commentary. But you can always tell in a commentary when they've studied to produce what they believe to be. I'm proving my – you'll see it in the commentaries. So commentaries are good. Just like, you know, the group we came from, if you, did, if you read anything outside of the UPC book, you, you, you're in sin. You know, only read a UPC Written, you know, and and to be quite frank with you, a lot of those guys were insane. That were writing them, they had no clue what they were talking about. If that's how if that's how it's operated, it's, I'm not saying it's Yeah, yeah, commentaries are good references. You know, everything that's a reference is good. What you have to do is you have to decide by what you have studied and what you know to be truth, and base it on that. Because here's here's the thing we know about truth, axiomatic. It was true in Adam. It'll be true when the last man stands. Axiomatic goes through all generations. Truth always stands. It always agrees. It never, you know, is never against itself. So anytime you find commentary where that, what they're saying is against truth that you know, you know, okay, well, I can get something good out of this, but that's not it. You know, I've gotten good stuff out of, you know, some guys that, to be honest with you, are Trinitarians. the Trinitarians. And, uh, you know, if you read a Trinitarian book and the group we came from, you're going to hell. You know, that deal. But you know what? They have some good things, what you have to be able to do. If you don't study, you can't decipher what's good. That's why I wanted to, because we have, we have. well, I don't want to get off on this. Correct, correct. One of the issues, I'm going to say this, I'm, I'm going to move on. One of the issues when there's not complete unity in the church, unity is not that we all agree exactly on the same thing. That's not what unity means. It means, first of all, that we can disagree agreeably. But unity is that we we are unified in the faith and in the spirit. And those two things bring us to true revelation. And so if I'm off on a little bit and Jesse's off on a little bit and Darren's off on a little bit, as we're growing and doing this, what's it doing? The unity is that we're growing in truth together. You can't grow in truth by yourself. Eventually, Paul had to come to the church. He got all what he did from God, thirteen years worth, but he eventually had to go and, and come to the church and talk and you know not even the great apostle Paul, who was no different than you and I, no no bigger, no little, no smaller, God chose him to write most of the New Testament, but uh, Paul will be the first one to tell you i'm the worst of all of you so that that's why we need to do more of what we're doing here tonight in church and not not do it just here in church. we need to have. Times during the week where we meet with one another, and this is what we do. See, that, that's this in our, in the North Texas. That's a commitment, and I'm not doing that. That's North Texas. I, I get it. That's, that's how. There's something going on up here, but you know what? We're going to break that spirit. That's just a spirit of non-commitment. I'll be honest with you. Spirit of non-commitment. I believe what you're saying, but I'm not going to do it with you. That's a spirit of non-commitment, and so we're going to break that and how we're going to do it we're going to start i've got a couple of guys on on the phone we'll talk we'll text we'll we'll i mean i i threw something at a guy last night and he threw it back and back and forth and we, you know iron sharpens iron that deal that's what that's what we should be doing that's what this is tonight it's iron sharpens iron are you sometimes afraid to say anything because you're afraid, afraid it might be wrong and you don't want to be embarrassed you know no, pastor don's not that way <laughs> I'm going to say it. If it's wrong, it's wrong. I'm not going to be embarrassed about it. But if you know the right, what's embarrassing is if you don't tell me the right, if you don't explain to me the truth part of it, that's it, because I'm going to have to stand before God and be embarrassed about what I didn't. It'll be embarrassing for me. So anyway, just that's why we do this together. So, you know, again, the commentaries are good to use. They're, 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 they are they're can lead you in directions. But understand something. They have to line up with truth. Uh Given that there's so many denominations, it's understandable why there's different commentaries, right? So why are there so many denominations? People are confused. That's 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 a result of the yeah. But why did why were so many different denominations? How why have they been created? Anybody got a thought on it?
2: Sometimes it's just because like somebody disagreed with somebody, so then we will start our own thing. Yeah, that's one.
1: So they disagree with what? The, the color of shirt they're wearing? or No, they well, disagree with truth. If, you,
2: if you're in the Baptist and you disagree with a preacher, you're Southern Baptist, well, I'm going to go over here and I'm going to become missionary Baptist. Yeah. And I'm going to be hard-shell Baptist. It's because they've disagreed. Right. Maybe they got mad at each other. Yeah. I don't know. I haven't studied those.
1: But they all, here's the deal, they all in principle still maintain the Baptist doctrine. Yep. Independent, missionary, American, I'm, I'm tell, telling you the ones I was a part of, S- Southern Baptist. I was a, a part of five different Baptist groups, pretty much all the same.
2: Did you have to be baptized into each one? No, no,
1: no, because I was baptized into the fellowship and could vote. And I carried my letter with me when I went to another church. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, they give you a letter, and if I go to another church, in order for me to come to that church and be a member of that other Baptist church, I take this letter. It says I was baptized, and okay, and so <laughs> what? So why why does this happen? And
2: my neighbor he had to be rebaptized into another church so he could be a member of that. Yeah, so
1: he can vote, be a member, and be a voting member, don't you? Yeah. So what were you gonna say?
0: Someone gets revelation and they take it to their church like, look what I see and they're, and they're not it's not accepted. So maybe they're forced to kind of move up to the next level and start their own church. Yeah, but most of the time they just go
1: find another church that believes like they do. What I'm the question I'm asking, why is there Methodist and Baptists and Presbyterian and Catholics? Why is there Mormon? Why is there all why is all of this? Lack of uh, it's opinion. what we're talking about tonight, y'all. it's, it's easy. There's lack of unity, but why, why is there a lack of unity? This is easy. We're talking about it. We've been talking about it for 30 minutes. Studying the Word. That's the problem. We're reading it. We're not studying it. We're reading it, and not, that's why you have so many denominations. And many, most people will read and not study, so they develop their truth doctrine by what they want it to say. We've already talked about this, but I want to hammer this home. We cannot do that. We have to study so that the truth is proved to us to believe. Not that we prove. We can't prove any truth. You, let me stop here. I'll, I'll get to you. We can't prove any truth. Truth needs no proof. No more than we can prove God. God doesn't need any proof. He exists. That, that's not important. We don't need that. What ha- needs to happen is truth needs to be proved into us so that we believe it.
0: We have so many because we have weak-minded people that want to believe someone else's truth and they don't want to study it out. Or they don't want to study it out, they don't know the truth, they can't find the truth, they just want to hear somebody speak the truth. But we have so many denominations because we have weak-minded people that will follow them in into a ditch. Okay. And that's just the truth of it all.
1: One blind leading the other.
0: All major denominations have come out of progressive revelation yeah he started with Martin Luther who had the revelation that we're saved through faith
1: can I stop you yeah how did he get that revelation he studied he studied okay
0: okay so a whole church the Lutheran church came out of that and then somebody else Wesley's got a Wesley. revelation from studying, studying, and another denomination form, the the group that were behind them held on to what they had and rejected the next revelation. Yeah. What people don't understand is God, who at sundry times in divers manners spake in times past by the prophets, has in these last days spoken by His Son. The revelation is progressive.
1: Not regressive.
0: Not regressive. And and if you're going to walk with God, you have to keep moving in the revelation that he gives you. Right. And the people that get stuck in the past are traditionalists. And only people who are progressive in their revelation. That's why I'm where I am. I couldn't stick with the group I was in. Because I got more revelation.
1: So I'm asking you this question, and I'll, I'll get. How do you get more revelation?
0: By studying.
1: Yes, I I, I know y'all is getting tired of me doing. it. But Listen, this, we got to g- grab this.
0: I wrote this voluminous deal. Becky has the copy of it. You can get on how to study the Bible. It goes yeah. voluminous.
1: Yeah, and it's. The...
2: it's actually... No, I was just gonna. I mean, I. Second Timothy two fifteen says, "Study the word to show thyself approved." That's our, that's our that, scripture. Tonight. Oh, for real? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, but that—that that, you know—I remember when I first read that. That—that that really just put everything into perspective. I mean, yeah. God's word is always growing. His, it's you're all God is an infinite God, but the word says, in order to understand, you have to study the word to show thyself approved. Right. So
1: God's taking us to a place right now. He's been doing it. And so, what God is revealing to us that we already know, but what he 's pushing to us now is, listen, I want this church to progress that 's the only way you god is only a, he's a progressive God, he moves forward if you if you get a revelation, you don't stop in that revelation. you know what there's some more now I know ooh, that makes me a little nervous no there's more revelation than we could ever grasp so
2: Those groups of believers that were baptized by John and Paul came yes. and said, There's more. Yes, here's a new revelation, right? New revelation. Yes, I just wanted to. <laughs> yeah, good, yeah. New revelation.
1: There's nothing wrong with new revelation. There's nothing wrong with it. We're scared of new revelation because it's change, it makes us move to the next level. And we, as humans, we're scared of that. And so, what happens is we, we try to stand. Anything in God is forward or backwards. Either, Either you're moving forward in God or you're moving backward from God. You're never standing still in God. You don't stand still in God. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. But you know what happened when he stood still? They started, they had to walk. The, the, the salvation of the Lord wasn't before them, but they, the salvation of the Lord didn't happen until they walked through it. You've got to walk through the
0: revelation. God is infinite. And any group of people that think they've got God cornered yeah. and that they understand God, we don't know as much as five grains of sand about God. No. Nah. None God, of us do. <coughs> we've said this a hundred times. Let's say
1: hundred and one. That book... It's not to reveal who God is. Right. That's the, This world couldn't hold that book. It doesn't exist. But that book tells us how we can make the connection with that God, yeah. live for that God, and then find an eternity with that God. Yeah. And so when we learn that and study in that direction, everything we should be studying should be connected to that God. Yeah. And when it's outside of that, well, yeah, no, but listen, I've heard doctrines in the church recently that don't connect us to God leads us away from God, and it's sad, but it's going on, and God is, in this last day, if you're paying attention, you're seeing that God is doing a move in the church, and the ones that are going progressive are going, and the ones that aren't are slipping further away, they're slipping into crazy doctrine, not just, they're not just standing in their old doctrine, they're getting into some wild and crazy stuff, it's out there, yeah, so more
0: than a few bubbles off level,
2: I know that they came across this very eloquent man named Apollos. And so they took him aside and they explained to him the way of the Lord more perfectly.
1: That was a new revelation. And you know what? They turned him loose and let him preach it. So he went on with it. They turned him loose and let him preach it. New revelation. You know, I think... Yeah, I've I got a lot more, but this happened to me Sunday, and it happened again. got two minutes. So uh, we're going to talk some more about studying the Bible next week. But, but here's the main focus I think a lot of churches are missing is that there are people that actually want to study and know, but without the power of the Holy Ghost in your life, you're really, uh, you're taking information that you cannot be, it cannot be revealed to you in the manner God wants to you without the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is the leader and guider into all truth, into all truth, unto all truth, in all truth. And so that's that's a powerful thing we have to understand is that that spirit is the key to it.
0: You can know enough about God to be dangerous. Right. But not enough to know him.
1: Yeah. You know, the thing about, you know, people who don't have the Holy Ghost before they come to God, how in the world do they find out anything about God? Well, here's the beauty of God. He draws all men by his spirit into repentance. So the Holy Ghost works in sinners lives. The Holy Ghost was working in your life before you ever came to God and understand that that's the start and that will be the finish. Who's going to take you out of here? The Holy Ghost, if the spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwell in you, see it starts with it starts before your Your born-again experience, and it ends with the Holy Ghost. So uh, next week we'll talk more about how to study the Bible or what really helps to get you in that place. But number one, Holy Ghost. Number two, study, study, study for the truth, not to prove it, not to prove it. Christians are notorious about wanting to prove the truth. We want to prove to everybody we're correct. You don't need to do that. Truth proves itself. Don't, it, truth doesn't need us we need it but man what happens when we get truth yeah, you see an explosion you see an explosion
2: when we get into the same spirit of the writer that wrote the books or wrote the word and w- the best way to do that is by prayer when we get into that spirit then we can understand it. Mo better.
1: What I've discovered, wh- with what you just said, I have discovered in my prayer life that as I have been studying these words and breaking down the scripture, my prayer life changed because I began to understand more what God's really been saying here instead of what I thought he was saying. So the yeah, key is prayer. So we're going to talk about books next week, studying books uh and i won't I won't stay so much on how to do it i mean i i think we know how it's not the how is that's the problem that we have so unity in this church is going to come when we continue to study when we continue to study and that you believe god's going to speak to you personally don't don't be afraid of it you know who's most afraid of that in most churches that i came from i the pastor <laughs> The pastor's afraid God's really going to speak to the people and don't need me anymore. That's not the case. That's when he opens up your pastorship. That's when it really opens up for you. It's when people hear from God. So, she's been dying to talk. I'm just kind of keeping it rolling. No, here's the easy.
0: Okay. (laughs) My girlfriend, my college roommate, she just told me yesterday that in her church, it's a Methodist church, and some ladies came to the pastor and wanted to have a Bible study. He told them no. He actually told them no, that he didn't think that that would be a good idea, didn't give them a reason. But I was just flabbergasted. They're trying to progress, and he's trying to hold them back. I said, man, you need to – you need to – going down
2: the trail
0: well she lives in georgetown (laughs) (laughs) i would love for her to (laughs) (laughs) i told her about you getting healed and running around the room she was just oh i'd I'd love to see that i said what you know there that's right I remember as a kid, my great-grandmother lived in Miami, Florida. She sat on a little porch rocking a chair, talking in tongues, speaking in tongues, shouting Methodist.
1: Methodist. You know, they got wise and ran them off. Thank you all for coming tonight. Next week, we'll continue.